friends, <laughs> let's have a few minutes to pray for your noble work, that you will fulfill your mission, and to pray for the peace that we all work for. And then we will start. You pray in your own way with your eyes closed. Contact your God inside. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here, the best place in the world, <laughs> and see the most selected and intelligent people of our nations. So welcome to the United Nations. <laughs> I have told, <laughs> I've told our president here that United Nations is probably the best thing after sliced bread. <laughs> And she says she has never heard anyone use that before. I say, I also don't use it, except when in the right place, because I'm afraid people don't understand. And also there's not much things, <laughs> not many things that are better than sliced bread. <laughs> but United Nations truly is. I have read uh, some of the works that you have done for the world, and I pray that God will bless you with uh, full health, power, and intelligence in order to carry out your work again. I do not feel like uh, I'm a first time here or first time I'm speaking to you. <laughs> feel very close and friendly, so please feel that way too. <laughs> uh, before I came here, I was on a taxi. I just closed my eyes for a few minutes. And then I saw the entrance. <laughs> yes. Because I was asking the lady who drives, do you know where the entrance is? And she said, yes, yes, we should be in certain such place. And I thought this is the first time I, I, I was thinking she might go to a wrong entrance. And I just kind of sleep for a while. And then I saw, I saw oh, visitor entrance. <laughs> so it's probably I have been here before. Mm. Or oh, we have been the, in the United Nations Conference in many other lives, who knows. I saw the entrance in the taxi before I came here. So it might not be the first time that we are together. Uh, someone, someone of the United Nations has invited me to come here to address the assembly. And it has been since a long time now. Must be eight months. It has been a long time. And at that time, I wasn't thinking of coming here at all. When I was asked, I said, well, maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Mm. But uh, then, because first I was thinking, well, the people who work in the United Nations, they probably have different interests <laughs> than my interests. Yeah, I'm uh, just for spiritual. And the United Nations people, uh, they're probably working in the so-called political. That's what I was thinking, you know. And then I thought the um, one who work in political will not be interested in what I say. But then later I thought, well, I cannot think that way. Yeah, Political is not the sole issue of the United Nations. They have worked in a humanitarian... Yeah, human... Yeah, is that right? <laughs> and in uh, uh, many other kind of uh, reliefs for the world and um, have peace... And they also practice meditation too, afterward I heard. So I thought it would be and to understand more about your work and also to have a, a nice talk 
together. Yes. It should not be that uh, we let the United Nations shoulder every burden <laughs> and uh, responsibility and blame or whatever. And everyone should work together with the United Nations because we are uh, also citizens of the world. And no one just just should uh, stand outside and watch the United Nations work, whether failures or success, and then blame them or criticize. They should come in and work together. <laughs> That's what I think. Therefore, I came here today. Whether I could help or not, that is another question. This is God's will, but my good will is with you. Therefore, I study your books, your pamphlets, and whatever I can get <laughs> to be in the United Nations, the one of the members the invisible member, <laughs> the volunteer. <laughs> I'll be there forever. <laughs> I am the permanent member. <laughs> so uh, here I am, you have a new member. <laughs> Thank you. So someone has suggested that, that we talk something about war and peace, since it, it is the, uncurrent, uh, the current theme of the world. So I would be brief about war and then belong about peace. <laughs> You see, every one of us know about war, but not truly does, not truly know what is the cause for it and how should we eliminate. And it sounds a novel, a fairy tale, but, but, but we can do it, we can eliminate. Uh, because uh, after a while, people will be, will be tired of war, whether the winner or the loser. Because the, the biggest one of those biggest heroes like uh, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, and Arjuna of India, they were tired too. So how would we, the modern wearers, would not be tired? And we will learn in time how to, uh, how to uh, uh, avoid these things. But if we want to avoid, it's not only our will be done as God will, we must act according to what God wants. And in order to know what God wants, we have to be prepared, prepared in our speech, in our body and mind, to listen to what God says and not to what we say. We always pray for peace, and we didn't know what God speaks to us, how to get peace. Therefore, we do not understand how to go about, even though everyone knows, everyone likes to stop the war, and to preserve uh, peace in the world. And the United Nations are the, the first agency, the first agency to worry much about war, to put much, most of the effort to um, regain peace, as it has always been doing since the day of, of founding, right? Since the founding day, yes. And I have, I doubted if the world would have been as it is today without United Nations. Even though we still have war and some famine or refugees problems, but without the United Nations, I think it would be worse. You understand what I mean? Yes. You could not have done your perfect work without the cooperation of many of the nations. And that is not the entire fault. If we still have war of, of the United Nations, if we still have war and other issues of, of political unsolved, unsolved issues at the moment, because some members of the world 
just refuse to cooperate. And that I know. It's very difficult for such uh, a unit like United Nations to move the whole world when some of them just stay there, <laughs> stand their feet like children and just doesn't listen, and just do their way and want it their way. Well, that I'm very sorry that the work of the United Nations is a very, very tough, very difficult and delicate and needs a lot of patience, diplomacy and uh, strength. And God may bless you with all this uh, in any time you need. When Alexander the Great died, he has instructed that he, uh, his um, a subordinate should put him in the coffin with the both hands <laughs> stretched out, empty, uh, to teach the later generation not to go into war, not to uh, accumulate any possession, because when we die, we have nothing. But it is said that some of the members of the citizens of our world or some of the nation uh, does not fully understand this lesson. Let's hope they will. <laughs> the most of people who make war are the ones who are too well protected, who speaks from their own chamber, from their own sofa, and who does not go out into the front to fight in the danger. Therefore, they bring forth this kind of disaster to other people, including their own, because they do not sense truly what danger is in, in the battle and what suffering means when one is wounded or, uh, uh, I say, tormented by the, the casualty of the war. When Napoleon Bonaparte of France was standing in the battlefield between uh, France and Austria, he was so shocked and so hurt because of the casualty. It's about 15,000 soldiers die on both sides. And he wrote a very desperate letter to the king of Austria at that time, saying, please let us make peace, let us stop the war. You, because he wrote to him, to the king, that you have not been in the battle like I have, so you don't know what it is to stand, uh, to stand here alone with uh, 15,000 cops around you and seeing all the suffering every day of the soldiers. And that is not all. That is not all. How about those who stay behind? Yes, I think most of you have watched the film born on the 4th of July, and you have known what it is like. The after effect also, not only the immediate effect. I don't know what is the radio station that was, who interviewed me a few days ago in, uh, in Texas. He asked me, is the war good or not? <laughs> Should we, as a spiritual people, kind of... Uh, not resort to war, you know, like what we do now in the Middle East. I said we should stop the cause, not the consequence. It's too late. If we don't want orange, we should never plant orange seeds in the ground. Or at least we should never water it. Or take it, pluck it out of the ground when it was little. But people, some people like to nourish the war. 
for whatever reason you might know. Sometimes they said to me, some of the people that I know, they said to me, well, we have to take care of the people of this country. Therefore, we have to prevent the war or make a war in order to have the benefit thereof for our country. That is very good, very patriotic <laughs> from saying, viewpoint. But as a long run and from spiritual standpoint, it is a loss because later on the karma will come. The karma is the consequence of what we saw. Like in the Bible, it says, as you sow, so shall you reap. When the cause is no good, the consequence cannot be good. If we try to make money or fame or to nourish a group of people or a nation by the benefit of the war, <laughs> then later that cause will also feed back on us and we become the victim. We cannot sow an orange and get an apple. That is the physical law of this world. And as long as we are in the physical world, we must obey the physical law. And no one can avoid that, even if he is a Buddha or a Jesus Christ, let alone we, the ordinary being. Therefore, the people who make war do not study much the Bhagavad Gita, the Buddhist doctrine of the law of karma, and they might not even glance at the Bible, which says, as you sow, so shall you reap. Long time ago, when the Buddha was alive, he told a very interesting story of how war has been started and caused yeah, since a very, very, very uh, ancient time, since people began to appear on this earth. The cause of war, the seeds of war, has been sown already. So now what we are having every day is just a consequence of that, a continual consequence, or an, a very, how to say, unavoidable series of chain, you know, of, of chain work. The story is like this. In the beginning of the time, after this world of ours, has been destroyed, and there's nothing here. Everyone's gone to different worlds according to their desires and their uh, tendency when they were still in this world. So some were sent to probably a more miserable condition. Some would sleep for a long time. Some go to so-called heaven. Most of people who are virtuous go to a place called Guanin planet. Guanin has nothing to do with our method, okay? That is a place called Guanin. Now, people stay there in glory for a long, 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 in imaginable period of time. And after that, this planet uh, came into being. First, it was just nebulous and inhabitable. So after... Uh, after a long, long period of time, you know, you must imagine there's a long, 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 long stretch of billion, billions of ages, and then this world came into being. And then slowly, those people who stay in this so-called Guang Yin uh, planet, the first one appear on this world, in this world. At that time, this world has no leader, no beings, nothing. 
and then one of the beings from that higher planet saw this world empty. But then the seed, the, the thorn was ready. Yeah, so he came down. So that was the first we call Brahma. Yeah. Well, according to the, the story, yeah, I don't, don't say I. <laughs> don't say I say it, the Buddha said it. Okay, and then, then suddenly he, he saw he's so alone. Alone, no good. He said, I wish some more beings come to me. Yeah. So then they come, all these beautiful people from the Guanyin planet. Because they call it Guanyin because in that planet people live in, uh, nourished by light and sound only. Uh, they are not mm, in necessity of uh, solid food like we do now. Okay, so slowly many of them came to this world and uh, settled down. But since they came, when they came here, they live in light and glory. They can fly anywhere they want, then be in everywhere in instantly. They ha- there is no need for vehicles or any physical transportation, no need for any language. They still understood each other perfectly and they still be very free in their own way and in their glory. And they live in glory for long, 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 long ages, trillions of years. And then slowly this world became more uh, solidified, yeah, and more beautiful and more visible and uh, more glorious. And then some of these beings walk around the sea or fly around the seas, the seashores, and saw some kind of forms from the sea. And these forms look so beautiful, so shining, and smell so nice. A lot of very strange fragrance uh, emanate from this kind of form which float on the sea. So they just, some of them were curious, and they just land down and they taste some of it. Yeah. First they look, <laughs> never saw this thing before. It has never appeared before. So first they look, and it's so beautiful. And then the smell so irresistible. So they taste it, and it was so nice. They never eat anything before, and they didn't think they needed it. They didn't think there was such thing so nice and tasty. So they eat more, eat more and more. And so slowly everyone knows about this beautiful form on the sea, which is, tastes good and smell nice and beautiful. So they all came and eat them. And the more they eat, the more they became heavy. They changed their appearance, and changed their power. And slowly that they cannot fly very long distance anymore, and slowly their, their light, their aura became shorter, or different, kind of uh, more dull in color, duller in color. But they wouldn't notice that much. Anyhow, it's too late to change. It's too, too good, so the more they eat, the more they want. So they cannot stop eating. And after everybody eats, the form's gone. Too much eating, <laughs> gone. And then something else appears on earth. A kind of uh, wheat that grows all over places. And anyone can take it and eat them. Kind of crawling wheat. So people like it also, because there are no more forms. And they try the wheat. The wheat is also very tasty and nice and beautiful and fragrant. So they eat, and everybody eats. And the more they eat these, the coarser their body and spirit became. And they could not, they could hardly fly anymore. And their physical body began, began to change into the worse, not the better. They were beautiful and glorious before. Now they look more coarse. And some sounds begin to emanate from their mouth now. There was no need to speak before. 
Now they, they must make some sound in order for the neighbor to understand. It's just some bubbling, but, <laughs> but it has been the sound now. And they could not stop eating now. It's become like addict. Oh, it's so beautiful, so good. Mm. So they keep eating. After that, uh, something else came, and the weeds no more, the beautiful wheat no more there. And they go searching around for something else to eat. And the earth offer something else, like what we have as rice or wheat. No, wheat, yeah, to make bread, yeah? Wheat, no, yes, as the, the, the earth begin to offer these kind of things. And people eat them, yes. But these things grow outside uh, of uh, their field, uh, in the field, and where they live, they have to walk to the distance and take this home. They weren't ready all over places like before. So they take them home and eat them, and everyone has enough every day. But slowly people begin to be lazy. And they say, why should I go every day to the field and get what I need? I take it enough for two days or three days, and I don't need to go every day. So he took three days. And the other neighbors see and do the same thing, and the neighbors do the same thing. And other people are more greedy, take for 10 days, and the other take for 20 days. So slowly the weeds are gone out of supply because everybody takes much more than they need. After a while, uh, they started trouble because the one who has a lot fearful of the one who doesn't have. <laughs> and they come, uh, become stealing and things like that. So now a council has been formed by the people to settle all this dispute, dispute and to, 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 to make the law. Uh, that's the first government of the world because of eating. Nothing, <laughs> nothing more noble. Okay. And then they have divided into uh, different, they divided the earth into different pieces. Now this one is for Mr. So-and-so, this one is Mrs. So-and-so, and no one should violate. But the more they eat these things, the coarser they became, and their body began to change. So some change into woman shape, some change into man shape, what we call man and woman nowadays. Before, there weren't any shape. Everyone is exactly the same, lives in glory and love together. There's no physical attraction between each other. But after they eat all these things too much and fighting and stealing and disputing, disputing, and then things began to change so tragically. And then people begin to look at each other with wonder and attraction. Those who eat less still be more beautiful, and those who eat more became more ugly. The ugly chase after the beauty. The beauty should be the woman, yeah? <laughs> Probably we eat less. <laughs> Therefore, until now, the woman still called the beauty, yeah? Uh. So then the men, so-called men, begin, began to chase after women because they're more beautiful. Everyone loves beauty because of that, because we were born beautiful. We were from the beauty. That's why up to now, everyone loves beauty. And all the women put all this beautiful makeup on just because they remember deep down in their memories that they have been beautiful, or their real self is beautiful. So whatever their appearance on earth, they're not satisfied. And other men too, however beautiful his wife is, he still likes to look at the other beauties because he remembers in the old day everyone is beautiful, more beautiful than his wife even. 
So he cannot be satisfied with looking at one beauty. That's the cause of unfaithfulness. It's not that he's really bad. It's just it's the instinct nature inside us. Even the greed and the love of beauty, hoarding of, of, hoarding of money and possession, it all came from the noble root that we have been in a more glorious world where things are all in plenty, where things are there not for the asking. We just, take, we just have what we need without asking even. And we were all beautiful and glorious. That's why we still love these things, all shining jewels and <laughs> our makeup, and love beautiful men, love beautiful women, and like to have a luxurious life. It is because we had them before, and we miss them now. Therefore, we try to get them back as much as we can, as much as our ability here can afford us. Therefore, all these so-called bad habits and instincts in men stemmed Stem, stem from a very noble root. Should we know it, we would feel more sorry for us than to blame us or to ac- accuse our men or women for chasing after beauty or hoarding after money. So once we understand this through spiritual practice, we, we will leave all these things. We will have them, but we will not crave for them. Whatever we have, we satisfy and use them, but we will not be a slave for them, and we will not crave and not try all means to get them, and maybe start the war <laughs> but because of these. Mm. Now, after these things have happened, uh, people begin chasing each other, yeah? And then physical attraction began to happen, and then they start to have couples. And then other people who look at these uh, wonder why it never happened like this before. I wonder why one being do this thing f- to the other being. But then, so these people are ashamed, <laughs> are attracted to each other physically and doing things physically. They are ashamed, so they have to go out of the city of the inhabitant and build a hut or build their caves. So a house began to spring up. Mm. And, uh, and then separate dormitory began to appear. That's how it happened. And that's how we... S- we started our history according to Buddha, yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the story is true or not. I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know if I was there that long time. I forgot now. I might, wa- I might be there, but it's too long now. Billions, trillions of years who remember all these things, who want to remember, right? So now, after that, because people started to build houses and then hoarding for themselves and divided land and then things began to get worse because uh, some people who are diligent plan a lot of things and have a good corpse and other people who are lazy come and just steal. And so that's how it begins to, we, have, uh, we make war. That's how it, it begins with a war. And it goes on until now because those who have a lot <laughs> and those who have too little. Have a lot doesn't want to share with those who have too little. Those who have a lot because of diligent working uh, looking down upon those who doesn't have because of laziness or maybe misfortune. So the Buddha concluded that the cause of war is the lack of sharing between people and the, the greed within us. Yeah, someone who likes to take too much and has left none for others. 
So nowadays, in the in the modern modern time, people, the science scientists, they have made some research, and they thought the cause of war may be the starvation. <laughs> yes, many uh, countries starve, and many countries have too much, thing like that. But not really. We don't really have too much. We just use it wrongly and waste. So they make a research. For example, someone told me in Toronto he had a restaurant. He has a, a vegetarian uh, restaurant and a vegetarian magazine. He told me that according to a research, if in Northern uh, America one each person eat vegetarian meal once a week only, then we have enough food to feed 60 million people a year. And I was startled. I said, "How can it be?" But they work out that way. Not because of the food. There's so many concerning with food. Yes. Because the land had to be cultivated, and now it's wasted for the cow feeding, and all the water supply, all the medicine for the cows, on the pigs, or whatever, and all the transportation. Everything concerned with meat diet had uh, reportedly wasted a lot of human uh, substance. And it is the cause of starvation of many countries. It takes a lot of food, or protein, medicine, transport, water to feed a cow, a cow. And this thing came from underdeveloped country too. And this protein and food could have been fed and could have been distributed in a different way in order to feed the whole world instead of feeding a cow and we eat a cow. <laughs> it's secondhand stuff anyhow. <laughs> So nowadays, many people believe that vegetarian diet can save the world and minimize a lot of war. Mm. And I think I do not oppose this idea. Maybe in the future, very near future, we should try at least to see how it works, and then we can comment. But I believe it will work, provided each of us support it and try to cooperate. Uh, it is understood that not everyone will cooperate. Since the beginning of time, not all of us cooperate, because all of us want to be the boss. <laughs> Somehow, in our own way, in our own environment, we always like to be the boss. Why is it? It's not bad either. It is also from a noble root that we have been in power. We have been angels, we have been Saints, we have been in heaven, where everything's under our command. And now we have lost our weight and stepped down to this physical world and lost some of our powers, many of our power, most of our power. So we crave for power. But the thing is, we craved, crave and find power in the wrong way. <laughs> and it harms us more than offers us power, that's all. So the way to get back our power is to purify ourselves, to get in touch with God. And I have done it myself, and I can say that I have succeeded to some extent. So it is not an empty word, what I am telling you, but it is from experience. And should you like to try that, it is recommendable. <laughs> you may try to find your own way, do it yourself, or you might try to find someone who you think it is uh, uh, intelligent enough, experienced enough to guide you 
in order to get in touch with our real power. Once we have that real power, we have everything else. Or even if we don't, we don't have everything else, we are satisfied. That's what it is. Not that we have the whole world in our hands, but we're satisfied with whatever we have. And we will not crave, crave for things of the neighbors. <laughs> we, will, we will not be too attached to the things of this world, but we will have in plenty. Truly, it is like that. I have read in the Bible, it said that, Seek you first the kingdom of God, and other things, other things will be added unto you. That I have found out the truth. It is the whole truth. And in Buddhist Bible, in Surangama Sutra, for example, it is said also that once we get in touch with this inner Buddha nature, yeah, through practicing the Kuan Yin method, the worldly things will go on smoothly too. Other things also we can have. And this I also find out find out that it is the truth too. Therefore, every Bible says similar things. And you can find plenty of other examples in the Indian scriptures or Jewish scriptures and everything. That's why we heard that if people are rich, the rich people are blessed by God. It might be true in some sense. But the richness of this world have not always the symbol of the blessing of God. It just... Um, denoted our virtuous way of life in the last period of our existence, before this existence, and that's all. The blessing of God came directly without virtues, even once we are contacted with this God power. Now, to sum it shortly, I have to tell you what is God. According to Christian Bible, God is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this is what we call the, the, the ing, the, the vibration, or the Tao, or the Buddha nature, or the South Currents in Buddhist terminology, or in other Hindu terminology. And once we get in touch with the so-called Word, we are in touch with God, because the Word was God. And once we are in touch with this God, because God is not a figure with a long beard or <laughs> a stick <laughs> staying there, telling whom what to do. But God is a power, a loving current that we could use to mold our life and to make things come into being by this creative substance. Therefore, ones who are in touch the one who are in touch with God, everything they wish come true. And the one who is not in touch with God, doesn't matter, he pray for how long, things hardly come into their life. Because they're not in touch with what they want to talk to. If we want to talk to our friends, and the telephone is disconnected, or we are too far away from the telephone, we didn't pick it up, how can we talk to them? Or to the police, or whatever. Yes, therefore we must make first the connection, and then wish. I'm on tour now, and all over the United States. And before I left for the United Nations conference, they told me some story about how their wish has come true, you know. For example, even the airplane has already run out, run to the uh, flyway. And one of our disciples left behind, and they pray, and then the airplane came back and fetched them. Yes, I, I say I cannot believe it. <laughs> they say, yes, yes, it's true, we are here. <laughs> So we always make joke like that. I say I don't believe it. 
but I know it's true. So now I said to them, okay, since you, you pray so efficiently, then you should pray for others. You should not always pray for yourself. This is selfish. <laughs> I said, and they said to me, Wh- whom should I pray for now? I said, yeah, for example, the, the peace in the Middle East, are the Vietnamese refugees who, who wanted uh, to uh, integrate and become citizens of all the country. And they say, yes, we don't mind to pray, but they are too far away, you know, they're too heavy karma. <laughs> I don't know if we can pray for them, that's what they say. Well, and it struck me that it is really true too, because the Vietnamese refugees are not in touch with God yet. And those are my disciples, so-called disciples, yeah? I call them friends, but if I say friend, you don't understand, so I say disciple. They are in touch with God, so whatever they want, it comes true. Therefore, it's not that we don't want to pray for ourselves or for other people, but we have to know where to talk to, whom to talk to, and where to get that power to realize our prayers, because all power is within us. All things are already inside. We must know where to get them out and to use them, but most of us don't. And I realize that it is truly, seek you first the kingdom of God and other things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God doesn't come by, uh, by observation, but the kingdom of God is at hand. It's within you. That's what's stated in the Bible. How is it that it's within us and we don't know? Because we don't know where it is. We don't know where it's within. Is it in the heart or in the lung or in the Bible or in the, the, the liver? We don't know where it is. So if someone knows, uh, we can be shown. Yes. I have been taught where the kingdom of God is, and I make use of that every day for my own and for other people's benefit. And I keep telling people that it's so easy <laughs> to get in touch with your own power and fulfill all your wish and go to heaven, uh, be in heaven on earth, and stop with everything else. The war will cease itself. Because it worked within our group. No one after initiation would feel like fighting anymore or arguing of nonsense things or be attached to any other things more than what they necessarily need. It really worked. With thousands and thousands of people, it always worked. So I know it is the truth. But most people do not be, are not ready for this message, or they could not believe that, that they have this kind of power. And I'm always amazed, why do people look down upon themselves so much? Are we not all children of God and made after His image? Are we not all have Buddha nature inside? Or even, are we not all children of Allah? <laughs> Allah. And if we are His children, we have similar power at least similar, more or less the same. So why should we look down upon us? We are gods, prince and princesses. That means something or not? It's just like an empty saying, but it's truly, it is like that. If you are the, the daughter or son of a king, you must know your power. You must know your position. But most people don't know. Everybody just know, ah, we are the children of God. God made us after His image. We are the likeness of Him. Yeah. But that's it. And then we go out and struggle for every penny and pray for everything, it never comes. Because we never pray to the right source. We don't go to where our wishes can be fulfilled. And it's so easy 
it's more easy than eating bread. And because it's so easy, people tend to look over them. It is very sad. <laughs> but I shall be patient. <laughs> shall be patient. So actually, we talk about war and end it with peace. Yeah, if everyone <laughs> want to have peace within ourselves, we must practice the kingdom of God. We must get in touch with this God power, which is very easy to do. We can do it instantly because God is within us. It's not very far away. The kingdom of God is within us, so why should we go very far or church or temple to get it? And why should we take a long time to get it? That's why we call our method instant enlightening or immediate enlightenment. Actually, my, my, my original word was immediate enlightenment. And uh, I'll say uh, eternal liberation. Once we are enlightened, we are forever enlightened and liberated. Liberated from what? From the cycle of birth and death, reborn and reborn again, and suffering and suffering again. Because even though if we work in the United Nations, for example, there's the best job, the most noble work that you can find. Because here you serve the whole world, not only one company, two company, <laughs> one family, but the whole world. So your work is the best. But even then, you have your suffering and frustration and headaches, you see? It's not, things are not as perfect as we want. There are better life, more perfect life inside. And once we are inside perfect, outside we perfect too. We can use the inside wisdom and power to uh, make our work more efficient, more fast, and more beneficial to the world. So that's actually, if we want to be in any important position or successful in any field, we must get the proper power to work for us, not by our mind. There are two levels of power. The first level, lower level, is the mind the automatic reaction and action, yeah? That is the mind. And the other higher level is the all grace, love, and miracles. I don't mean miracle by changing weather or... But we can do that too. For example, my, my disciples, they just pray and the airplane had to run backward <laughs> and fetch the only one left behind. Before that, they didn't want to. They didn't want to have anything to do with that. Because they say, well, the, the ticket has not had the prize or thing like that. It was something uh, wrong. But we pay for the, the ticket. <laughs> it's something uh, bureaucratically wrong, that's all. And then the airplane has to come back. This is also called a miracle, but we don't do it on purpose. We just pray. And the one who are in touch with God can pray for anything. Provided we pray with our own power. <laughs> If we pray for someone else, and that someone else is not in tune with us, it's difficult, not that we don't want. Otherwise, Jesus would have prayed for at least uh, the Jews. Or Buddha at least would have prayed for the whole India. You understand what I mean? Even though we are enlightened, we could not change the world. We could only reason and bring them into changing themselves. Therefore, we have to begin with us. We cannot sit and wait for miracles. No one can change the world, not even thousands of Buddhas or millions of Jesus. They would have done if they could. Miracles doesn't happen in this direction where karma is concerned. We have to clean ourselves, we have to bath ourselves, take our own medicine 
in order to cure our sickness. The best doctor can only give us medicine, but cannot take it for us, and to cure our sickness by taking medicine for us. Therefore, it is a very sad thing and difficult thing to pray for other people when they are not in tune with the pray, prayer fulfilling source. Yeah? Therefore, uh, the best way is to get in touch with God and then pray. Or even we don't have to pray, things will happen. And that I know for sure. <laughs> that I have experience. And experience of my many, many thousands, thousands, thousands of people, of disciples. All of them know this is the truth. And I would like to present it with you, present to you today, should you feel interested. And should you believe that there is a solution to war by changing ourselves, by having peace within ourselves. We have peace in the world. Each one must do it. But even if we could not influence the whole world, we light some torches. Yeah? At least peace will be more and war will be less. That would be already a great achievement. Yes. But our world had been better now since uh, compared to the old times because many masters have stepped down to earth and te- tortured us many uh, great law of civilization and we have improved that's why our world has been more civilized more bright more comfortable compared to thousands of years ago that due to many many great enlightened masters who have elevated our understanding so even though he taught just a group of people but the teaching left behind and the vibration and the seat continue to grow and benefit the whole world in a large scale and lift up the whole consciousness of mankind in a different level. Therefore, our world getting better and better and better every day. So, due to some great masters and some of their disciples, our world became better and better. So, you may join them. I would not say that you must go and study with me. It's not so. Study with whom you like and you feel the most enlightened, the most beneficial to you, and who show the way the most clearly to you. But do something. Get in touch with your own wisdom and power and use that to work better than just a computer, a brain computer, and fumbling with it every day and feeling headache and frustrating and difficult. Nothing is so difficult if we use the great wisdom to work and not the small intelligence of the habitual computer brain. Yes, please, ma'am. Well, the your first question would be, how are you getting in touch with that power? Oh, how? Well, uh, yes, there are uh, so masters. They are expert. They know where it is. I can show you. They can show you. No, I mean, how we do? Yes, yes, you, you must learn with these people. Yes. If you can do it yourself, it's so fine, but uh, mostly we forget it, so we have to learn with experts. What to do, right? Or teach you where the God power is and how to get in touch and how to use it every day. And you know it instantly. Oh, for example, for example, uh, every day we are too busy, right? And even God wants to bless us. <laughs> we waste it in outside pursuits. And, and, and scatter all over places. So the master, the real master, 
will give you an instant enlightening touch, touched, yeah, taste, and to know what God is, what the power is, and what light is, what or how it benefits you, how it makes you feel so good and light and no burden and no anxiety, at least for a while, and then you know what it is, yeah, and then later you he tell you how to do it every day, to be happy every day, to have power every day, to have wisdom every day, to feel so light and so blissful every day, yeah. But it takes a few hours to explain this. But because I don't have time now, otherwise I could give you a taste for a few minutes even. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> we don't have time. Well, 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 then come to my place. No, you have to sit quiet for a while, understand, in order to enjoy it. Otherwise, uh, how do you know it works for you? You know, if, even if you want to eat a bread, you, you must take time to chew it and and taste the, the sweetness of it, yeah? No good for me to give it you and then you just run out <laughs> and throw it probably somewhere else. You don't know what bread is then, understand? For example, we make some food for you. And now you cannot eat because you don't have time, but you may take it into your room or in your place and you eat it slowly, then you enjoy, yeah? You cannot eat in, in, when you're listening like this or when you're, you're doing something else, you understand? Mm. Is that power the same as the Shakti pack? Um, it is a kind of also energy, yes, yes, and uh, probably it deals more with the creative energy. And they uh, have something to do with Kundalini, because you say it is so generally, so I cannot definitely tell you. Yes, if it has to do with Kundalini, then it's definitely Shakti. Shakti is still a lower power. There are two kind of power in the universe, Yin and Yang. Yeah. Yin is the feminine aspect, and Shakti deal with the feminine, yeah? It's not the whole. We here have the whole pack, yin and yang together. We use what we want. <laughs> feminine when we need, masculine when we want it. And that, then we are complete, yeah? But the feminine aspect is strong, it's powerful. Oh, this looks like it engulfs the whole universe because it's a creative and domineering power in the universe. Without Shakti, nothing comes into being true. But there is, there must be two together, yeah? And we touch both. Yes? French is my language, so English, my American is very bad, but I, I, I hope you will, you will understand me. I met a great enlightened being in Africa, and he said that the cause of war is because our planet is polluted, and the planet needs a purification, an etheric purification. And we need to look for the living masters. And he said that there is many masters on the planet now who had reincarnated since 1930 especially to come on the planet and perform that purification. He said that if that purification is not done, wars will go on and will go on and will never cease. Correct. That, that the poison who is in the ether of the planet goes on the brain, into the brain even of newborn baby. So it is an appeal that I am making to our friends. I think it's not a coincidence if we are here together today. Certainly we met before, as you said, when you, you begin. Feels familiar, yes. <laughs> and uh, may we succeed to find the living master, and we have one now with, with us in this place. You may and try. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Thank you. I think we will meet again. Yes. You may try to verify. <laughs> well, I'm available in my center. 
in New Jersey. I'd be happy to serve you in any way I can. Yes. Okay, welcome and God bless. <laughs> God bless your work. <laughs> Bye. Oh, hi. So what can I do for you today that you have uh, take off of some of your precious time and to come to our simple, simple abode? Yeah? Yes, I'm very touched that you, the whips, <laughs> have come to our place. What else can we do for you hmm? after you have been working too hard for the world? Actually, I would like to have uh, said my thing to the United Nations yesterday. But you cannot say everything at once. <laughs> I should have said that. Because due to the effort of the United Nations, billion, millions of uh, refugees have found their second motherland and have found the dignity again. That is very important for a human being to preserve the human dignity. And I'm very, very grateful that God has chosen uh, you people to work in the United Nations and to have um, saved many people from disgrace. And uh, when I think of this, I feel like <laughs> I'm very emotionally touched and I could just shed tears, but let's save that. <laughs> let's save that for the moment. Because the people, if they don't have dignity, a human's life is not worthwhile. What shall we live for if we don't have the basic honor, freedoms, and the necessity to live an honorable life, to serve God and to serve the, uh, the world at large? We are no animals. We are human for some purpose. <laughs> so the United Nations has done a great deal to mankind. Mm. I think it's a very great mission that the United Nations uh, carries out, carry out. Mm. Thanks God that there is such things. I still remember when I was working with the Vietnamese refugees in Germany. And they always told me the United Nations did that, did this. We were saved by the United Nations. They had a good memory about the, United, the High Commissioner of Refugees of the United Nations. And they always on and on about that. And I, I was very uh, happy to hear. Therefore, I had a very good impression about the United Nations. And uh, if we have received you and... Uh, with uh, respect, it was because you deserve it. <laughs> so do not feel obliged to us. It's just that the good work you do that earn you the good reputation and respect worldwide. And uh, even many of the Vietnamese refugees who has been settled down in the third country, they always have talked good 
about the memory of the United Nations and the service that they offer. And I was, at that time, I was not familiar with the United Nations. You know, you don't, even though you know it exists, but if you have nothing to do with it, you do not pay much attention. And that is also the, the mistake of the people, actually. We should have known much more, yeah, about what's going on in our world and which organization does what, in order to support, at least mentally. <laughs> Some people do not know, and they do not support. They do not give due support which is sometimes very necessary for any organization to push on with their work courageously and also to do their work more efficiently and more joyfully. It's okay, we still do our job, but when we do it with more joy <laughs> and with more courage, it's more comfortable, don't you think? It's more efficient. Yes. And I hope in the future many people would know more about the United Nations and give full full support to this very noble organization. Maybe we should print some more pamphlets and <laughs> distribute, put it on the newspapers, something like that, write some articles, broadcast on television. <laughs> yes. At that time, I didn't know much about the United Nations. Only after the Vietnamese refugees have told me how kind and how much work the... Uh, UNHCR, the High Commissioner of, uh, for Refugees of the United Nations. Yes. Then I began to be more familiar with what they truly uh, do for mankind. Mm. And it was very nice. Mm. The Vietnamese people are very grateful. Most of them the tough time that they had to go through and the many suffering that had, they had to undergo and also they had to witness during their uh, exodus and during the Vietnam's war. The ordinary people don't have that much strength to survive in such kind of disaster. Therefore, some of them are slow to, to recover. <laughs> so if you encounter any difficulty, please understand. And don't mind. Most of them, 99.9% of the Vietnamese refugees, remember deeply with great gratitude the benefit that uh, the um, United Nations has brought to their, their life. It's kind of reborn again, you know, <laughs> give them a second birth. Yes. And they were very grateful. Please tell to your boss or whomever <laughs> responsible in your in your department, that it is like that. Yeah? And the Vietnamese refugee would never forget. They will not forget. They talk all the time <laughs> about these things. Yes. And the many generations would still remember. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they should write all your names down <laughs> in their, how you say, in the family book. Yeah. They, they didn't think about that. But probably they would. They should do that. Maybe later. After they have taken care of all their necessity and immediate need, then probably they would think about that. They probably erect a memorial for the United Nations. <laughs> oh, probably I would do that. <laughs> I don't know where to do it. Maybe in New York? Huh? Yeah? Because your headquarters is there. Should we do that? 
Yeah, it doesn't cost much, you know, a few millions of dollars only <laughs> to buy a square, a square meter in New York City. <laughs> a piece of land in New York City probably costs that much, huh? Oh, I love New York. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, we can do it here too. Yeah, we have land here. You can build it on top of the hill. Yeah, you can build it here, but people don't see it. That's a pity. If I build it in the middle of New York Square, probably, <laughs> probably it's more appropriate. Yeah, we think about that. Okay. And I think anything opposes spirituality, opposes mankind's progress. That our world has been progressed and civilized up to this standard at this moment is due to those great masters, enlightened masters in the past, have come and teach us something, and that the mass of mankind have become more awakened slowly uh, within each century we develop and we become more wise, wiser and more intelligent. So we develop ourselves mentally, and we, therefore we can invent many uh, apparatus, yeah? And uh, we can um, develop many humanitarian uh, systems which are helping each other in this world and help our world to become more comfortable, more bearable, more joyful to live. Because after all, it's a very beautiful planet. We just change the condition in this planet, and it's just one of any other planet. It's just so as beautiful as any other heavens in this universe. So, so I think it is a wrong conception to say mm, the spiritual people should not help in political issue. We should not be political, but we should help. <laughs> mm. It should not become. We should not run an election or go out and. and become one of the political head, but we should help them when they do things, that's all. Help without wanting fame, that, that anyone can do. Sometimes government do not succeed in their political issues, probably because those so-called <laughs> spiritual people do not help them efficiently. I think we should change that. I should help what we can. And so, in case if the United Nations, any of your unit need any help from us. We have thousands of disciples, different nationality, talent, and uh, goodwill. We will always stand by and help voluntarily. Uh, we need no salary, no honor title, no condition. We will just help anytime you need or you think necessary be it in language or helping the refugees or peace movement or whatever, uh, we'll, we'll be always willing to help. I don't know if you will accept this <laughs> offer from us, but we offer anyhow, yeah? So maybe you remember that, yeah, in time of need, because we have a lot of people, and I think many of them are willing to help, should it be necessary, yeah? Many people... I heard, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I read on the newspapers some times ago that, for example, the East Berliners came from the, uh, the, the other part. Before, before the war fell down, the East Berliners came to the West Berlin and they were very disappointed because they, 
there was having a kind of illusion about the West, the West Berlin, that everything uh, ready for them, welcome them, and they will be wealthy in no time. They will have a lot of things that they lack in the East. But it's not so. Everyone has to work hard for their comfort. And there's a duty to work. It's a duty, a sacred duty to work. Uh, including myself, I work too. When I'm not lecturing or busy, I do my work to earn my living. I do whatever I can to earn enough my living. And it's not only enough, I earn enough more, more than enough. So my money will go to support my lecture activity and help the refugees and many others, poor people, uh, in wherever the environment I live, when I, I know about it and when I can help. Therefore, I think we should give people this kind of conception before they go out of the refugee camp. It's very important. Otherwise, they might be a burden to the society that they integrate into because of a wrong conception. People can be brainwashed into any kind of (laughs) glorious dream and lose the practical sense. Don't you think it's a good idea? Yes? Mm Mm-hmm. And then also, at the same time, teach them some moral conception of Buddhism, if they are Buddhist, of Catholicism, if they are Catholic. Teach them with an enlightened mind. It goes faster. I know many people teach already, but if they are less enlightened, then both of them, same level, it's difficult to drive home what they want to drive home. I believe that many of my disciples are very enlightened, for what I know from their practice and their inner illumination and inner experience, they have to tell me. So <laughs> I know some of them are enlightened. So if such enlightened persons tell the moral conceptions and the ethical standard or the inner life, they believe more. The, the listeners who believe more have a deeper impression than just any ordinary person who reads from the Bible and repeats it to the other person without truly understand the deep meaning of what the Bible has to say and what the Buddhist scripture has to offer. So we should, uh, I think, cooperate with the United Nations or any nation who accept the refugees to minimize the future complication and to minimize the burden to that country and to the United Nations. I think we have the duty to work with the government with the United Nations to help. We are the citizens of the world. All the benefits we receive is also from the world. If we have good government and good uh, organization, uh, then we can practice spirituality. If it's uh, in a very unfree country, we could not do that. So do not think we have any motive to come in. We just feel obliged. We just feel grateful. The more we are enlightened, the more we are grateful for every little thing that this world has to offer. It's not that we are born from the air and we eat water to, <laughs> to grow up. <laughs> we also need every material substance to survive and to grow up and to practice spirituality. To be enlightened, we also need bread and water. All these things and the freedoms that are offered in the, uh, from the environment that we grow up, we own it to the respective government or to the uh, United 
governments of the world, one help each other. Therefore, we have the duty to help in time of trouble. And should it's finished, no trouble, then we don't. <laughs> we don't show off, off up again. <laughs> and then you do your work, we do ours. Of course, we should have all the refugees program in the world. Okay. If you want to ask me something else about spirituality or meditation, what I know of, and then please don't hesitate. <laughs> in your book I was reading uh, yesterday, yes. uh, you refer a lot to um, Quang Yin method. Yes. And I'm curious about that because I really didn't, I didn't get what it was. Or yes. I mean, you just referred to it. I didn't yes. really get that far in the book. Yes. Okay. That's nice that you ask. Uh, yesterday I also mentioned briefly about enlightenment. You see when I was in the United Nations. Uh, we used the Kuan Yin method to quicken our enlightenment, to offer us a chance to be enlightened immediately. That's what Kuan Yin method is. Kuan means observation, Yin means the word. The word or the, the vibration. You know the word in the Bible. What do you think the word means in the Bible? The word. The sound, that's it, the vibration, yes. So the Kuan Yin means we contact with the word, yes, and observe, observe it every day, I mean contact it every day, so that we know what the word is. And the word will teach us without language what we have to do every day. Human teach human in a human language. Animals teach animals in animals' language. God teach God in God's language. So the God within us will be received the instruction from God self. Just like a part receive instruction from the whole, yeah? And knows that he is a temple of God. And then the Spirit, Holy Spirit is within him. So the word will teach us, the God within us to be awakened, to recognize our greatness, our wisdom, our multi-abilities. And then we know how to use it every day. And we just do things spontaneously, naturally, without even thinking why we do it. But it's just right. And the more we contact with that word, the less burden we feel, even though we do a lot of work, but we do not feel as tired as before. And we do not feel so so heavy and so caught up in the work like before. We do it as a witness. Therefore, we are very more intelligent. You know, when we sink, sink too much in the work, we are engulfed by it. But when we do it from our side like a witness, we can manage better. So the Kuan Yin means observation of the word, the sound, which is inside us. But without initiation, we do not know that it exists because you don't know where to find it or how to concentrate in order to get in touch with it. Yes. And so the initiation means um, the opening of our inner knowledge, inner wisdom. And then we have to use it every day in order to progress, in order to know how great we are, until we truly know, like Jesus knew. Yeah? And we can say, I and my Father are one. Yes. Jesus knew it because he practiced this. All the Bible always mentioned about the sound. Just like when Moses 
I have seen Jesus, seen God the first time on Mount Sinai. He said, His voice like thunder. He appeared like a flame. Flame means light, you know, so bright like a flame. In the old day, they don't have that so sophisticated, sophisticated language like we do now. So they say like a flame, like thunder, like the sound of many water. That is the sound of God. So uh, at the time of initiation or after initiation, you will hear this sound of many water or the sound of thunder, sound of God, and see the flame or see the light that descends from heaven like the dove yeah, and be enlightened and know that we are God, we have God within us. Know that we and our Father are one and we'll be as wise or at least nearly wise. <laughs> Depends on how we practice it. Yeah? Jesus came to teach us to be like Him, not to worship Him. Therefore He said, whatever I do, you shall do even better. No? <laughs> But you must know how, of course, if you say there and say, no, I don't know, I cannot do like Jesus, because we didn't learn. Yeah, we didn't learn. You speak English because you have learned it with your English teacher. You didn't know that when you were born. You learn it with the learned person. Same thing, if Jesus was alive, we should learn with Jesus and became like him. But Jesus was gone, so we have to learn with someone who who succeed him, you know, who do his job. Hmm? So that's all, very simple. Just like the job you're doing in the United Nations now, should you pass away or should you go to do some other duty, other person come in. So if I want to deal with your department, I have to come to the new person. I cannot come to see you even though I know you very well and I like you very much and we are good friends. But I have to go to the new one who take over the office. It's very simple things. But people always stay here and wait for Jesus to come. How should he come to us? Should he fly up with the cross like this all the time so that we can recognize him? <laughs> oh, that's very cruel to, <laughs> to fix Jesus there <laughs> 2,000 years after still on the cross. How would we recognize Jesus? Should he come exactly like he was before? How do we know what he was before? He probably have a bird, but that was from the picture only. We we don't not sure we were not there. Jesus is just Christ is someone who has the Christ power, who inherited it, who has enlightened himself to know that I and my Father are one. Everyone could be Christ if we are empowered with that Christ power. Everyone could do your job if he is accepted by the personal abteilung, ah, uh, department, manager, yeah and train into that work, and then you do the same. Or you think you are the only one that hold the United Nations poster and hold forever. No one, no one goes through the United Nations without me. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very easy. The universe works in succession, just like in this world, but in a higher order in a better order, that's all. And if we want to ascend to the higher order, we should lift ourselves up yeah, and learn in that art. Enter the higher circle. Quan uh, Yin, yeah? Are you satisfied or not yet? Well, the only other thing is to actually do it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go now. Yes, good. You see, uh, if you want to hear that word, 
is not with the ears. We have to be open our consciousness inside, hear everything with our ears, see everything with our eyes. So we have to open that door in order to receive the instruction from God, which is nonverbal. It's just like music inside, different music, and it it helps us to feel more elevated, wiser, happier, and non-attached to whatever we do or whatever the world's possession. We have them still, we use them, but we don't feel a slave to them anymore. And then more and more we feel we are not the doer, but God's power is the doer. That power within us will be awakened and do things through us, through our hands, through our feet. Because actually it is true. Otherwise when we die, hands, feet are still there, but it doesn't function. So who is it that functions? That is the God power. But we must recognize it more and make use of the great treasure. Because at the moment, everyone knows that we use only 5% of our brain power. Yeah? So the 95% is wasting. So I just show you how to use the whole. <laughs> what God has given us, we should use it all, full, in order to serve the world better. That's all. To, to sum it up scientifically is that we use the whole apparatus that God has given us, yeah? instead of only 5% and doing things in such a struggling manner and tiring and bored and frustrating way. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Therefore you said, I, why should I work so hard? I link <laughs> already work spiritually and also do with the Vietnamese refugees. But I don't feel that, that bad, really. <laughs> I can manage. And at the same time, I earn money. I earn more money than you. <laughs> it's not that I am talented, it's God's will. God wants to help me in my mission. So God gives me whatever necessary to work with. Yes, sure, sure. Yeah, good. If you want it, you will have it. <laughs> yes. And uh, all of you want <laughs> instant enlightenment? Yes. Yes, sure, sure. I will do exactly that for you. Uh, any more question that you want to ask? I want to know what's the relationship between the Avalokitesvara Bodhisattva mm-hmm. and Kwan Yin. Mm. I, I ah. Yes, is the name of the method, oh. but not of the Bodhisattva. Yeah, no. Guan Xuyin, you say, is the name in Chinese for yeah. Avalokitesvara. Yeah. Exactly one person. The same person. Yeah, the same person. And, and she or he was the one who practiced the Guan Yin method to reach enlightenment, to reach the Bodhisattva-hood or sainthood in, in English. Yeah, Bodhisattva is a Sanskrit name for a saint. Bodhi means enlightened. Sattva means a being. It's an an enlightened being, a saint. Yeah, okay. So she practiced this method in order to get enlightenment. So people at that time, because she was so famous, she helped ma- many people in her enlightened way. So they don't know her name anymore. They call Guan Yin saint. Yeah? Because she practiced Guan Yin. And that's all there is. Yes. So do you have any affiliation with her? 
are you following her method? Then? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we follow in her method. Do you have a focus on her? Uh, statue or anything like that? No, we don't need. She and us are one. <laughs> Once we practice uh, the same method and do fulfill the same motivation, uh, helping people be compassionate, loving each other, then we are Guan Yin too. What is Guan Yin after all, if not just compassion and enlightenment? If we have both, <laughs> then we are Guan Yin. No need to pray to her. We must be Guan Yin. For example, people come to the United Nations, yeah, and want to help this and that and other, but you are the United Nations. So some people have to be United Nations. Not everyone can pray all the time to the United Nations and ask for help. Be a United Nations. Work in it, like you, for example, yeah? And now you, you, anyone in the United Nations is a United Nations member and work in it, eh? So for some pray for, some ask for favor, but some work for it. And so we are the one who work, like one in. We are not the one who pray anymore. We don't pray anymore. We work, we do it. We enlighten ourselves and help people.